Hello, I'm Deanna Heron, host of the Deanna Heron Podcast Show. Have you ever wanted to do something bold, like start a business, write a book, or go for your dream job? This show was created for women just like you who want to be bold, shine bright with grace. My goal is to educate you, inspire you, and empower you with ideas that can transform your life. Be inspired by the Deanna Heron Podcast Show at DeannaHeron.net. Hello, and welcome to the Deanna Heron Podcast Show. This is Deanna Heron, your host. I'm excited today to bring you an amazing guest. This woman I met a year and a half ago when I was going through holy yoga teacher training and what an impression she made. That weekend was completely transformational for me. And when I started this podcast, she was one of the first people that I wanted to reach out to. And in fact, Brooke, I don't know if you even, if I've even told you this, but in my notes, I've actually wrote out exactly what I wanted to send to you <laughs> in my mm -hmm. Instagram message. Um, I just really look up to this woman and what she has created. Mm -hmm. So let me introduce to you Brooke Boone. Welcome to my podcast, and I'm excited to share you. I am so, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that was quite the intro, so I'm humbled, and I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. I said this to you before we started. I just love that um, you've you're consistent and you're doing this because it gives me an opportunity to have an awesome conversation. So thank you. Thank you for the invitation and the yeah. warm welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, the, the women that are on this particular podcast, they want to be bold. They mm. desire to let their light shine. And we are learning to give ourselves grace and give grace to others. And mm -hmm. when I look at Brooke Boone and the person that I met in Tucson, Arizona, you exemplify those three things. You mm -hmm. are a woman that is bold in who you are, not what the world tells you. And your mm -hmm. light shines so bright. And the mm -hmm. grace that you give um, to yourself and to other people is, it's absolutely contagious. So I would love mm -hmm. to know your story, like share your story. Who is Brooke Boone? Who is Brooke Boone? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> Who is she today is more like it. Uh, well, first I want to say thank you for that. The I'm a words person. I'm a words of affirmation and I'm also an Enneagram three for those of you who know what that means. Um, so thank you for your words. Those, those mean the world to me. So, um, who am I and how am I this bold? Uh, you know, I think God made me um, tenacious. I think God, um, I, I learned very early in my life that the answer to every question unasked is always no. So it behooves you to ask the question because if you don't ask the question that you're wondering the answer to, the answer is always no. What are we afraid of then is the yes. And I don't want to be afraid of a yes, right? I want to, if God, if God gives you a yes, you should be inspired by the yes, not afraid of the yes. Now, I think the yes will inspire some fear because you'll need a dependency on God and to be bigger than yourself. But, um, but I, I, I just, I, 
I digress. <laughs> so I think he made me tenacious. Um, I think I ask for things that I probably shouldn't ask for. Um, I over communicate. And I think um, it's, it's funny, people say to me, um, you, sometimes people will say, uh, oh, you don't even need to wear makeup. It's like, no, I really actually do need to wear makeup, but I don't. So you're used to it. So like this boldness piece too, it's like, um, you know, like maybe you should be, it's like, I just am. And I don't, I, I don't know how to not be. Um, but I think it's gotten me into my fair amount of trouble. It's gotten, it's been as adverse as it's been <laughs> like a good thing for me in my life is the boldness. So, um, when I met Christ about 20 years ago, started to appropriate the boldness. Um, and the boldness was tempered with meekness, uh, which is humility. <laughs> you get meek through the process of humility. And so my boldness had gotten me only so far. Um, and when I met Christ, um, he tempered, he gave me the power of the Holy Spirit, exchanged some of my like brute strength. I was trying to get through life and trying to be so bold and trying to have enough strength. And he started to exchange his his strength for my, you know, my, my filthy rags. Right. And so I started to be infused, um, through humility, you know, with grace and with a tempered. So, so I think I'm bold. I'm still bold. Um, I'm unapologetic yes. because I, I know who Christ is in me. So it's a different boldness now. Um, but I came to know Christ um, in a really terrible, some people have to get to the bottom. I was one of those people. Um, I was born and raised Jewish. And so I knew about God, um, but it, it was the Old Testament God. And then a number of different people tried to show me Mormonism along the way or Christianity or, and then I went on my own journey of yoga. And then I just dove into every world religion. I was curious. Um, and I was bold enough to claim it, even when I didn't know enough. And, you know, so I, I went in with a lot of fire and understanding all of those things. And then my life was a total train wreck, you know, and I hit rock bottom, although outside it was beautiful. 23, had a baby, big house, married, drove a BMW, had a successful studio, wrote my first book. And... Um, the brokenness inside of me, it's just caught up with me. I think it, it, I mean, maybe I caught up with it. I don't know what happened, but we collided and I lost my home. Mm -hmm. My son was staying, my one-year-old was staying with my ex at the time I was in a, um, an unfurnished one bedroom apartment, um, lost my car, my studio. And I walked into a church um, and it was a new community night. So it was just music. And I love that God knows that about me because I don't think I could have received a word, but I could receive a spirit and I could receive his spirit. And so, um, wound up leaving that service, stealing a Bible, you know, God had a lot to work with over here. I slid out up underneath my shirt and into the front of my pants, but I didn't realize that they were free. Like if, like it didn't dawn on me that a Bible might be free. And so I stole it, set about stealing it. And then this woman had been, it had started raining and I'd walk there. So I was waiting for the rain to let up because I didn't have a car. And this one was like, Hey, listen, I need the Lord's telling me I need to <laughs> give you a ride home. And I'm like, go away. Um, 
but she did give me a ride home and I managed to, you know, secure my stolen Bible. So I wasn't found out, but I did take that Bible home and I opened it to Isaiah 61. And I read, of course, my God would meet me in an Old Testament way because my roots are in Judaism. And when he explained, I showed me what he could do with a life as dire as mine. And I first somehow supernaturally infused by faith. And I was like, oh, this is the God I've been looking for. And so, um, yeah, it was like 20 years ago. And he started putting one foot in front of the other. Uh, like I said, I had already written a book in yoga at a studio. Um, so last, God started putting my life back together, put my marriage back together, had two more children, um, started holy yoga 15 years ago. Um, I stopped doing yoga, though, because I was so afraid it's interesting when Christ came on the scene, I became more timid. I became afraid. Um, and I became afraid of yoga in particular. I felt like, oh, maybe, I, you know, I, I would say I too can Google. <laughs> you ever want to Google Christian Christianity and yoga? Um, it's, it's a lot. Uh, so good luck on that. But, um, but I was afraid. And then the Lord met me on my map. And he started to speak the word of, you know, in rest and repentance is your salvation, quietness and trust is your strength. And you're going to see all your teachers in front of you. I'm going to give you eyes to see it. And I'm going to tell you from behind which way to go. And I think that when God, when you allow God to come behind you, that's trust and faith that you're going to listen, not from what you see, but from what you hear, what you sensed and what you know to be true about the personhood of God. Right. So um, I learned a good lesson about waiting on the Lord and letting him position me. So that was 15 years ago. Holy yoga is now, you know, 7,000 instructors internationally and um, really committed to taking this transformational grace um, to the ends of the earth. And we do it through the modality of yoga, which is cool, but it's so not about the yoga. You went through programming. So, you know, uh, it's a lot more about identity and reconnecting to ourselves and to the love that God has for us. And I think that's going back to the original question of where's the grace come from. It's like he who has been forgiven much forgives. Um, yes, I, I don't, I, I can't even imagine picking up a stone. Because I know the life I've lived. Excuse me. So sorry. There is so much power in, in what she just said, you guys. And this woman, um, obviously you can tell that she's an amazing, amazing communicator. And Brooke, that's one thing that I, that I love about you is the way you communicate. You said you over-communicate. And that wasn't anything that I saw at all at Holyoke. I was like, she has an amazing way to mm. communicate and get in your heart. I'm an Enneagram three. Are you a two? What's your wing? Two. Me too. <laughs> yeah. so. That's why you have a podcast, girl. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> Probably very well. Yes. <laughs> So I, I love the fact that you're, you, you know, you're in your brokenness is where mm -hmm. you were, God used you to create something so beautiful that has impacted mm -hmm. so many lives. Thank you. Yoga to me, I know exactly what you're talking about because I received my, I went through, you know, yoga teacher training 
um, before I was holy yoga certified. <clears throat> and I always had those, just, you know, those different feelings of, you know, people say yoga is this, but that's not what I'm experiencing on my mat. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use what I'm experiencing on my mat for my experience. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so holy yoga was just a whole other great, you know, experience for me on my mat and mm. you know, such a different way being around like-minded people was it's really, really amazing. And I think, you know, what's really important to remember when we're talking about accessing boldness and grace and creativity and all of those things is that we are, well, first of all, we're not human doings, we're human beings. So if we're human beings, we must thrive in the be. And that's really hard, especially for us, like threes and eights and right, like we want to run at it, we want to run at it hard. Um, but it's the being that really distinguishes our existence, right, where we can actually be present in the moment, all those. Things. What's also really important to remember is that we have these four separate facets inside of ourselves. We are equally emotional, mm -hmm. spiritual physical and intellectual um it says it like this love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength so if he's talking to those four facets it means that we equally those four facets of ourselves matter so when we talk about boldness like we can't just say like what's holding me back in my emotions because we're not just emotional beings what's what's holding me back in my body What's holding me back in my intellectualism? What's holding me back in my emotionalism? What's in my spirituality? Where am I believing? What do I believe, right? And so holy yoga, holy anything really, where, where you can encounter not only a space of being, but also access emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, and physically. Um, like God is wanting to inform us in all of those different ways. So we can't, so I, I just think it's really important when we, when we seek to do like the really good work of grace and the really good work of advancing and being bold and brave and standing in our identity, we have to understand like those four facets are gonna need attention. And God is so great because he's saying, love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, which means that he knows how to love all four facets of our own being, because I know that my emotional capacity needs to be met different than my intellectual capacity. But this God, this one true God can encounter like bone and marrow, right? It, like bone is marrow, but God's word goes between the bone and the marrow. Well, what do you mean? Bone is marrow. That's what I'm talking about. Like God has this ability in our minds and our hearts and our souls and our strength to go in and do this really incredible work that enables us to receive grace and boldness and be emblazoned by who God says we are. So um, I don't know where that came from, but that was awesome. There you go. <laughs> Holy yoga. Maybe that's where yeah, that came yeah. from. Holy yoga. Right. <laughs> so being bold in itself is, um, you know, for me, it's teaching women their true purpose a lot of, a lot of women, me included, and that's why I have so much passion for doing what I'm doing is there are so many women who lose their purpose or seek their purpose through their husband. You know, it's the Cinderella story where, mm -hmm. you know, we get married and 
our Prince Charming is supposed to meet our every need. And that's mm -hmm. the story that we were told as, as young women. And then we have our kids and that doesn't meet our every need and that's not our purpose. So we have to go and search for our true purpose. So true. And, and I would even say that, that that disconnect for women goes back to the garden. Mm -hmm. When you see the, the man, Adam had very different curses than Eve. Eve is inherently the relational one. She was created in order to have this deep connection with Adam. She was the completion. Mm -hmm. Like, and so relationally, that's what women carry. We're the apple or the crown of creation because we hold relationship. I mean, Christ came in relational reconciliation. He came in body, heart, soul, mind, and strength in order to be reconciled to us. So relational reconciliation is paramount in the gospel. And so women who carry the seed of relationship, the actual evidence of man and woman coming together, we see that God says, not only will you not be your husband's equal, but you will long for him and he will lord over you. It also says there'll be separation in you and your children, to your point. Yeah. So this is not just this Western idealism in postmodern Christianity. This is the Bible. This is every woman has the same angst in Christ. I love that Jesus, our God in the Bible, um, he, he speaks to the remedy of Christ before he even acknowledges the problem in the garden. He doesn't even, he doesn't even disperse the curses until he claims that Christ has already come to reconcile. He already has a solution for every problem. And so that's good news for us as women, because this is a, this is a human condition that we're dealing with. You are not unique in the fact that you long for your husband and he lords over you. Now, I don't know what that means, but I know it's happening because it's a curse of the Bible. I don't know what kind of angst you have in childbearing. I, I know what it is to make them and to birth them and then also to let them go, right? To bear them, to let them go. That's spiritual children or physical children. It's painful. That relationship has been disrupted. So the fact that you, your work is to reconnect women to their purpose is to say that we are the purpose. Seems so selfish to us that we are the purpose, but Christ goes, I came just for you. For relational reconciliation just for you and so when you find that wholeness the truest satisfaction of your identity like that's you then and only then are on purpose and can be bold and courageous and extend grace so you're right on because this is a universal you're you're providing um solution to a universal problem because every woman on the planet who has ever walked or will walk has the same angst makes us human right right and it's you know it's a it's definitely something that I experienced as <clears throat> just growing up the way that I did with um you know always feeling like I needed to be perfect mm -hmm. and, you know, I sought my my I sought my happiness through achievements I sought my happiness through perfectionism I sought my happiness through my family my vocation, et cetera. And it never filled that void. No. Never mm -hmm. filled that void. And it wasn't until, I mean, I had my experience where God brought me to my knees and was like, Deanna, you will not find what you're looking for in the world. Mm. It's not in the world. 
And that's when he began the work inside me to show me my purpose. Amen. Yeah. And I love that it's, um, you know, the power of the testimony is something else, right? Like I, I don't know that there's anything quite as powerful. Uh, so back to the bold and, and grace-filled, it's like lead with your life. If I could give anyone so many, so many missed opportunities when we hoard those lessons for ourselves and that it takes a lot of vulnerability. Talk about boldness and courage to say, gosh, God taught me a lesson. Yes. Wow. I'm right in the middle of it and I'm convicted. I mean, to be real time with, I mean, maybe there's a selective view. Maybe you have a great social media following and you feel really comfortable being whatever the thing is, whatever feels good for you teach with your life, like be right in the middle of it. I have this thing on my, I have a lot of sticky notes. I live by the sticky note, but it says, don't get out of God's way. Stay right in the middle of it. Mm, So good. Right. Don't get out of God's way. You want to stay right in the middle of it. And so I would just want to encourage that whatever your life, whatever life is happening is your, it, God is not void that there is, there's mystical and magical in the mundane. Should we choose to see it? But I think a lot of women, because me, myself, and I think you being a three, two Enneagram, I carried shame with my story Mm. and shame was keeping me from shining my light. Shame was keeping me not being bold, being safe and playing it small. Mm. True. Yeah. True statement. Yeah. So what, so shame, I love that Brene Brown says, what about shame? Shame, shame is not, I, I done bad. It's, I am bad. Right. Right. The message of shame says there's something inherently wrong with me. Right. Like I've fallen short. I've sinned. I remember being with my therapist. I'm, I'm all about therapy. I don't know how people feel about therapy, but I like my therapist, like she, I swear I pay her mortgage. I honestly, I swear on my life, pay her mortgage. I love her. Um, but she was like, I, I was, I was feeling, I had this like visceral kind of trauma in my body this year. And it was like in my hips. And I was like, what's going on? I did some regression therapy where I was just like, okay, let's go back to it. And she goes, it's your biggest fear. And I go of being unlovable, but I could feel it in my body. Like my whole body had oriented to it. Um, but it's a message of shame, you know, that message of shame. And here's what a message of shame does is it, it gets you to question your identity. Shame is always associated, even back to the garden, because I feel like everything started there. Um, Immediately, they knew that they were naked um, and they felt ashamed. So death comes onto the picture and immediately it's shame. So a lot of my teaching, I do a lot of teaching um, in the frequency of consciousness. So I like science. Uh, Faith needs to be quantified for me sometimes. Um, so a lot of my work is, um, with this around this concept of power versus force, and it's the frequency of consciousness. Uh, uh, Dr. David Hawkins, he wrote a book called power versus force. I fell in love with it and I saw the gospel all over it. So I just started adopting it into some of my work, but 
here's why that matters, is that um, on the frequency of consciousness, the very lowest frequency registers is that registers at about a 20 and enlightenment is a thousand. So the red letters in the Bible, a thousand, that's where they, the frequency of the red letters. Shame is at a 20. There's nothing below shame, but death. So the frequency of shame when it's not addressed, and here's the thing about shame is that it's associated with every trauma. And trauma, by definition, is a disquieting event. That's it. Think about how many disquieting events you've had in your life. And what happens is things aren't as they should be. And so death comes onto the picture. Shame gets associated with that fracture, but that's a human condition. Everybody's having the same exact experience, but shame is embedding itself in our DNA. We weren't meant for that. Yeah. We were meant for perfection, but the very first thing after the, after the fruit, shame. They were now ashamed of what made them different and unique. And that's the message of shame. It makes us feel bad for who we are. They were not offended by one another and yet they were completely different, male and female. The very first thing, shame for what makes them different and unique. So shame does carry naming rights along and, and what happens is we, if we don't know how to get out of shame or at least embrace it and recognize it, then we stay stuck in it. So kudos for looking at it. How did you do that? How did, what kind of practices did you, like, how did you deal with your shame? Cause it's not, it can feel overwhelming. I mean, it can feel, it can be so visceral. Mm -hmm. Like that's all you've ever known. So how did, like, how did you combat that yourself? I'm curious. Well, it's been, it's been years. So it's taken mm -hmm. years, but um, around that time, God told me, Deanna, I don't want you to do anything but sit in this chair and read my word. Mm. Read my word. Mm. And, and that's what I would do. The, I, the kids would go to school. I would sit, I would read. And the, the scales just came off of my eyes gradually. Mm. And he showed me, I still have this on my desk. Um, he gave me, now this was... 17 years ago. Mm. So I was reading his word <clears throat> and I had this piece of paper and he gave me scripture in Philippians 4, 8. Mm. And he told me what was true about me. Mm. What was yeah. of me, how he mm. saw me and not the world. And so, I mean, I've carried this and whenever I have those doubts, I go back to who I am. That's right. Yep. Who I yeah. am. But lots of energy work, emotional energy work, which is exactly what you're talking about, which has yeah. been transformational in my life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely transformational. But um, yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. So good. I'm inspired. <laughs> yeah. so we've done, we've done, we've done the work. And I want to, mm. I want to teach women. I'm not done by any means. He's, I mean, yeah. some things in me. And I, I saw on your Instagram story, um, a quote by Mastin Kip. Mm -hmm. Like him. You like him. I like him. I like him. I think he's, um, 
yeah, I like him. I like the way he shows up. And I think he, I think he's done the work, right? So he has a testimony of it himself, which I think is always so much more empowering. Yes. Claim mm-hmm. your power. I'm in the middle of that right now. I'm doing it's a really good. Work. Yeah. Very good, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So Brooke, if you were to walk some women through that shame process, what would be their, their first Oh, man. I mean, I think that the thing, shoot, I mean, shame is so scary, right? We said that it's perilously close to death. And think of all the things that you do to avoid death. (laughs) We all do, right? (laughs) I mean, we are, we are not prone to running right into death. And um, so I think that sometimes, I think the first thing we need to realize is that uh, life is seasons. Um, we are living as much as we're dying. That, and, and I'll prove it to you, I'm inhaling in direct proportion to my exhale. And that's legitimately all that you have. Mm-hmm. So when I say to you, you're living as much as you're dying, it's true. In a million ways. And I think what happens is we're so prone to avoiding death is that we take the message of shame and we allow it to become part of our identity because we don't want to feel it. We don't want to get close to it. We've, we've decided that we've survived it. It hurts too much to go back to. So we avoid it. And here's what I know, whatever you resist persists. So when, so I always say, you got to feel the feelings. First of all, you have to be courageous enough to say, I'm willing, I'm willing to look at myself. I'm willing to be heard. I'm willing to be talked to. I'm willing to be counseled by you. God, I'm willing to be changed. Right. And then what's, what's really fantastic about it is we're like, we, at least for me, my shame had me so convinced that there was no goodness in me. And the moment that I sat with me, I realized that there was goodness because the moment I chose to sit down, God was with me and everything that is good in me is found in God. So when I got down to feeling and being alone with myself, I realized for the first time that I am not to be feared. Aloneness with myself was not something to be feared, something like some sort of punishment it was a refuge. Mm-hmm. It was a home. It was a, oh my gosh, when I go right into the middle of that deepest shame, the love of God has called me in it and will meet me in it. I'm tearing up now. I've had, so, you know, if, if the dark night is not, is not showing itself regularly to you, I would challenge you to push further in. Because you should be constantly, not should be, I don't mean to shit all over everybody, it's your choice, but the option to continue to grow in Christ is exponential to your point. I'm not done yet. There's, I'm human. I will never be done. I will never be sanctified enough. I will never be righteous enough, but God in me. And so the shame work is to say, even, even if this thing viscerally, my mind tells me, my feelings, my emotions, my body, everything in me orients to this sub-truth. I'm going to sit right in the middle of it. And if I do, and when I do, God will show himself faithful. 
that gives you a different, I mean, I love your card. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm the queen of the sticky note, right? He has defined me by my sticky notes right all over. Um, but there is nothing quite like the encounter, the deep understanding that God sees you, that God accepts you. Um, the word understanding in both the new and the old Testament, but primarily in the new Testament understanding, um, is representative of the Jewish idiom for sexual intercourse. We think of understanding as an intellectual endeavor. It's not, it's much deeper than that. God wants to give us understanding in those deepest places where he joins with us to create something different. So the work of shame is the work of receiving. And I think for those of us who are bound in shame, we don't think we deserve. It's a worth issue. So our challenge becomes in shame, combating shame is receiving love. It's not resisting against behavior. It's not trying to figure it out. Lord knows if it worked, we would be healed. It's the, Gospel is the gospel of the coming God that renders himself full. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear, shame, and guilt are the three implications of death in the garden. So you never have shame without guilt and fear. You never have guilt without shame and fear. You never have fear without guilt and shame. <laughs> they're like the trifecta and they're the lowest three rungs on that frequency of consciousness. But God comes, perfect love that renders full wherever we are. So it'll illuminate, it'll, and literally quite figuratively, energetically, you mentioned it, that perfection, that 1000 comes and he's the only God that comes to us. Every other world religion, because I've studied them, is about ascension. God himself descends. The light of the world, the frequency, the purity, the shalom, the everything that holds it all together, the righteousness of Christ indwells us. So it combats, only he can do combat shame and guilt and fear because it literally is an energetic transaction. We exchange the weight of our humanity for the light of his glory, but that's going to be a willing exchange. We don't do that one. Gosh, that was so good. Mm, oh, girl. So now would be a good time to talk about, I have an like a three week program <laughs> called Navigating the Power Within where we really take this concept of power versus force and kind of understand it, break it up. It's three, one hour. It's like, you can just buy it and watch it anytime you want. So brookboom.com, if that's it that interests you, I'm not plugging. I'm just saying if that stuff enlightens you, if you're like, wow, that's cool. It's a, it, it's a three week, three hour thing where you're like, oh, okay. It really, I try and break it down um, really intentionally and how it works into our lives. Awesome. So yeah, you can check it out there if that's interesting to you. And I, is it something that really breaks down how to in, increase your energy level or how, what to explain it? Well, it's exchanging. So um, on this, this, uh, I wonder if I could find it. Yes, look at me. It's kind of like my second Bible, but not really. <laughs> but it's this book um, and it's, so there is a, um, a grid in here that just shows the frequency. And then what I, what I seek to do is show us where we land on it. So I hope to normalize the experience of humanity because everyone is, ex everyone's experienced trauma. Everyone is living with guilt, shame, and fear and don't know how to deal with it. 
I love that about the human condition because it normalizes it. Um, if we don't, if we only know our lives by our human condition, then we're kind of screwed, right? Because that's all we're living in. But God shows us our true identity. And so what I like to do, like you do, is connect people to their truest identity to remember that their origin point is in pure power, that we may have a human experience and condition that's that's uniform and universal, but we also have a human design and origin that's universal. So what happens by election in Christ is we get to exchange the fracture or the force of our human condition, which is based in shame, guilt, and fear primarily for our human design, for the power that's found in the wholeness of Christ. And what that does to our everyday thinking, to our decision-making, to why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Because you're accessing them through your mind and ain't nobody done well eating from the tree of knowledge. <laughs> Never has that worked out, right? So we get our minds all involved and we negate everything else. And the power versus force teaching is to say, what if, you, what if God wants to pull you into power in all of these things? right? That you can make an exchange in Christ because it's been reconciled for you and to you. So it's just a matter of, and it's, it's truly transforming because it's equipping. It's, it's the, I always say, if I give you a tool that you put in your tool belt, I'm offended. I don't want, I want it to be so effective that you never put it down. Yes. I don't want it to have its place in your belt because I want it to be in your hand. Right. So, so it's those kinds of tools. So yes, how to exchange, it's more of that, more of the exchange. Um, and because we're heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's different practices to access all four parts of that. This was a yeah, check it out. appointment. It was a divine appointment. Fantastic. I love it. Yes. So I think, you know, I want you did you see my note about, I want you to share the peacock story because I think that goes so well with, with us. Yeah, it's a good exit story, isn't it? The peacock it story. It's just oh. trying to do the same thing and it's, it's mm. so super powerful. Yeah. Okay. So I was thinking of it and I probably told it last time I was on stage sincerely. So sometimes I dress up on stage um, and just get these wild hairs. And so um, I had told a story the week we were together. Um, I had told a story about how uh, there was this study on pigeons and they were training. They were trying to see how gullible they were and how easily trained they were. And so they put them in this cage, and they would randomly, you know, drop food. And they would, but at all random different times, like maybe every eight hours, every eight days. And so they would just sort of, and and but then they did this part of it where they would turn a red light on, and the pigeon would go and it would click on the red button and it would get fed. So now all of a sudden. They've been trained to just, they don't do pigeon things anymore. They're just waiting by the red dot. They're just standing and waiting by the red dot. And so that was my analogy all day that why are we hanging around the hoop in Christ? Like there's this, we're, we're conditioned to hang around the hoop and we were kind of doing that whole thing. And so um, the last day um, I was, sort of, you know, doing the pigeon thing on stage and I'm walking around with like jetting. I, I was like living the pigeon life and they had built me, they had made me this peacock crown and uh, 
and what was like a robe. I mean, it was very ornate and beautiful and they had done a great job with it. Um, I had given them like eight hours to do it. So it was fantastic. But I, I kind of backed up on stage like a pigeon, but I came out like a peacock. Amen. Because in Christ, we don't have to hang around the hoop. We are not pigeons waiting to be defined by our experience or by the world around us, but we are peacocks and we are meant to strut our absolute stuff. And so I think, is that the story? Is that the one you... <laughs> yeah, it, goes, it goes along with what we're talking about. You know, we, we're standing by the hoop, just being who everybody else is, but that's not who we're created to be. And who we believe we are. That's the great thing. It's like, that's where the compassion comes from. And that's where all of that comes from is because we, we, we accept the fact that we believe that about ourselves. We're not mad at ourselves anymore for being human. Amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is gosh, it has been just such an honor. This is I like I don't I don't know how many people are gonna see this video, but my my smile is like plastered across my face. So it's been a pleasure to be here for sure. Absolutely. So Brooke, tell us what's next for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm gonna, you know, holy yoga is my um my like first love, you know, and so right now it's really we're we're looking my, my role with Holy Yoga right now is to really say, okay, 2020 has been tough. Mm. Um, I think more now than ever, um, people need a holistic solution to their well-being, heart, soul, mind, and strength, as we've been talking about. I think there's a real opportunity for Holy Yoga to be a solution um, with the expression of, of, you know, 2020, we're going to feel 2020 and 2021 and 2022 with like the mental and the financial fallout from 2020. We're going to start to see, I think, unfortunately, I think it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. So what's next for me right now is how do I position uh, holy yoga? How do I position myself to be of most help? Um, Cause I think our, our, I think people are going to need it. I think people are going to need a place to be loved, a place to be accepted um, a place where they can not just feel better, but get better. And I believe holy yoga is that. So I think for, for me with holy yoga, it's my intention to really help position us with, you know, hospitals and care workers and mental facilities and universities, anywhere that we can help and resource people's well-being. So um, I'm excited about that. And then I have brookboon.com. I have, like I said, the navigating the power within. I also have a nine-week spiritual formation program called Power of Presence. Um, but I'm not going to do anything with 2021 with that because I really want to focus on helping holy yoga be where they need to be. Um, so I feel like it's pretty parallel. Uh, but if you want to check that out, the navigating the power within power versus force, that kind of stuff, that's just off the shelf on brookmoon.com. So that's definitely always there. And then hopefully I like to speak. So hopefully this year when people start getting back together, um, hopefully I'll be invited to do some some things that I really like to do with that, but you are a great speaker. I Thank you. Yeah. I received that. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Thank you. So in closing, I'm just going to breathe a little life into you because you have added so much value to what you have shared today. And mm. we didn't even go by the notes that I have. It was divinely appointed and mm. you have blessed me today in so many ways. And I thank you for that. So Thank you, you are living your purpose. And I can see that in you. 
So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So honored to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Love to you. (laughs) And so everyone, thank you for joining me and thank you for being a part of the amazing community that has been created through this podcast. Feel free to go to deannaheron.net. Ask to join our private group, Deanna's Diamonds. I go live on that group and share lots of tips and it's a great group for women to empower women. So love you so much and thank you for being a part of of our special day because I feel like I stole Brooke Boone all to my own today. (laughs) (laughs) I will see you next week. God bless you. Be inspired by the Deanna Heron podcast show at deannaheron.net.